just did. I miss him. So what if the government shut down and no one knew it? <laughs> what if no one noticed? Did you? It was the Christmas holiday. Did you wake up Christmas morning and go, crap, the government shut down? New female Democrat leader in the Virginia House. Does that matter? She says it does. We'll discuss it. And the best of 2018. That is next. We'll start with Tim Kaine. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio is the founding fathers intended. No, seriously. Jefferson and Madison and Henry be right here. The Lee brothers. My name is Scott Lee. The silence is Richard Lee is. uh, I would love to tell you he's on vacation. Wouldn't that be better? But I can't. He's in the hospital. In fact, Richard Lee has had quite a different Christmas holiday than you did. On Christmas Eve, Richard went to the hospital and has been there ever since. And you thought you had a crappy holiday. The part of the Lee family was uh, was concerned about him. Has he spent? Could you imagine spending Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Mark, in the hospital? I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things when you look around at your kids on Christmas morning. It's one of the things you're grateful for. And Richard was living it this week and still there. And he misses this radio program. We miss him. We covet your prayers as we move for the next three hours of the single-headed talk show. I sit here by myself coveting Richard's company. We are up and running here. At, uh, on our Facebook, our Facebook Live, and our fan page, and at 454-1366. Phone lines are open, 454-1366. Did anyone notice that the government was shut down? I mean, is anyone really... I'm just wondering, Other, I mean, we live in a state that's kind of government-run. I mean, the top three counties in income in the entire United States of America are in the Commonwealth of Virginia surrounding Washington, D.C., I bet they noticed. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They're going to get paid back. None of it's accurate. In fact, I love the articles that state uh, the only thing that's not operational is the non-essential part of government. You mean to tell me we have a part of government that's non-essential? Isn't that defining what should go away? Non-essential. I would suggest you... That if we can function in these days without the federal government running non-essentials, that we don't need it. Wouldn't you agree with me? Maybe Madison was right in Federalist 40, was it 41? I remember what, which one it was when he said the government is defined in its operation, it's numerated in its powers, and it will not descend upon you and become bigger than you had hoped. And maybe he's right on that. Maybe we can look and say what the federal government shut down and no one notices. We don't need them. We don't need the non-essential part. Non-essential means non-essential. <laughs> it's not necessary. Just shut it down permanently. The things that are essential are still running. The whole thing's a con. This idea that we have depended so much on a federal government is, is too bad because it's moved past the bounds of what Madison had in mind and what Jefferson had in mind and what, quite honestly, Patrick Henry argued about. If the government's so big that we notice it, then there's a real problem. And I would suggest to you that, that, um, that the, those who are claiming that government can't be shut down because we're hurt are those who want a government that's too big for us anyway. If there's not essential aspects of this government, close them down permanently. Don't need them. I think the federal government ought to only be essential, don't you? Wouldn't you join me on this? I mean, 454-1366, how upset are you that the federal government is shut down? 
And isn't it shut down for a worthy reason? I mean, isn't the main role of the federal government that's enumerated in Article 1, Section 8, the protection of the United States of America? Are we actually shutting the government down so that we can protect the country with a, with a border wall? That is the role of the federal government. The very role, the very ideals of the federal government is to protect the American people, its sovereign land, and to build a wall. Did we shut it down for that? Meanwhile, we're doing all this non-essential crap it should never be doing, that it was never enumerated. Does anyone look at that and go, this is insane. Why are we shutting down a government for what it should be doing and leaving open the things it shouldn't be doing? We are an ignorant people. I say that. I say that without insult. I say that with the best care I can. We are ignorant. We're ignorant of what the founders had in mind. We're ignorant of what the federal government should be doing. And it impacts the country we've become. All right, 454-1366, 454-1366. I wanted to take us back today because this is still a holiday week. People may be listening, may not be. Many, by the way, I've noticed guest hosts are still out there. No guest hosts here. But I want to take us back on a little journey into 2018. I'm going to try to do this throughout the next three hours about how we learned things from 2018. The, the, the clips, the, the comments, the quotes. What happened then? And did, I don't want to forget some of these things. And I want to start with Tim Kaine. This was an election year. Tim Kaine ran against Corey Stewart, which might have been one of the worst possible candidates the Republicans could have ever put up in front of Tim Kaine. It's almost like we want to lose. Who are we going to pick? Eh, Corey Stewart, he's a horrible campaigner, horrible at articulating the message. People don't like him. He's just a bad candidate. Even if you agree with any of his policies, you have to admit the candidate sucked. He was horrible. But ran against Tim Kaine. It, it, there's some things that came from it, though. One was we learned that Tim Kaine has no idea what the Second Amendment means. This is the clip of the year to me. This is one of the clips that you think back and go, man, this guy's a U.S. senator and he reads the Constitution like this, specifically the Second Amendment. Here's what he said. The Second Amendment is the only amendment that uses the phrase well-regulated. All right, so the assumption there, I love the beginning of it. It's the only amendment that uses the term well-regulated, which means in Tim Kaine's mind that we can regulate it. That's where he's going with this. this is, it's, it's so bad, his exegesis, if you want to say, of, of reading the Constitution. It's embarrassing for the guy. But I'll never let him forget it. And you shouldn't either. The clip of 2018 of Tim Kaine, it continues. The Second Amendment is the only amendment that uses the phrase well-regulated. The amendment may convey a personal right to gun ownership, and, and it does, but it explicitly not acknowledges that regulations are part of what may be necessary. Is that what it does? Is that what it does? And In no way, shape, or form does it say regulations are necessary for the second amendment doesn't mean that no founding father quoted that nobody meant that when they when they penned it but kane continues the nra and other organizations often suggest that the phrase well regulated uh, that, or they often pretend that the phrase well regulated doesn't even appear in the amendment they don't do that um, often they'll print a copy of the second amendment or the text and they'll only have the second clause omitting <laughs> the well regulated phrase but while that phrase, like the text of the amendment itself, is set in the context of a militia, it's clear from its usage that the framers knew that firearms were dangerous, though necessary, and there needed to be rules to ensure their safe use. Are you kidding me? Nowhere 
does any founding father say that? In fact, the founding fathers had a different view. That you as an American, a free person, are smarter and smart enough to handle a firearm. This is one of the most unbelievable quotes of 2018 to me. It's just unbelievable how bad, how bad Tim Kaine got that. And, and, and you know what's even more amazing is no one heard it. It was in a throwaway line in some speech he gave. The Second Amendment is the only amendment that uses the phrase well-regulated. <laughs> if that means anything. So if the terminology well-regulated is in the phrase, therefore it means you have the power to regulate it. The worst example of Tim Kaine's ignorance on the Second Amendment. And by the way, this man is a U.S. senator looking at laws that impact you and me. Seems to be amazing, yet everyone missed it. The quote of Tim Kaine in 2018. That's not the only one. I'm going to share with you coming up more clips of Tim Kaine, things that were said by Abigail Spamberger, Vanjie uh, uh, Williams in District 1, uh, Mark Warner, things that said were in, in 2018 that we covered here on this program. We're going to relive them next and your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. Well, if you ask me where I come from, here's what I tell everyone. I was born by God's dear grace. Absolutely. In an extraordinary place. Just outside the capital, the Commonwealth of Virginia. With the stars and stripes. The Lee Brothers, Scott Lee by himself. The last show of 2018, Richard Lee is uh, in the hospital. Thank you, by the way. You know, what's great is uh, just, and, and you know, I opened the show up by talking about Richard in the hospital and how he was there on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and uh, emails at patriots at theleebrothers.com come pouring in. People are praying for him and, and phone calls. Thank you so much. Uh, it means a lot, even though uh, we have clips that I'm going to play from you from 2018 where Chris Matthews and Cuomo said prayers don't work and they don't want any. We do. The Lee brothers want them. Bring them. Bring them all. Uh, we're, we're grateful. Richard will be returning. He is. I talked to him a few minutes ago. He's in. He's he's OK. Just not happy sitting in the in the hospital room. All right. Coming up at five o'clock. Caller of the year. I got to. We went through some of the calls we received in 2018, and we pulled one. We're going to play it for you at 5 o'clock. And at 4, Republicans, are you in, are you in trouble in this new blue Virginia in, in 2019? And if so, what are you going to do? Should Republicans change their position? Should Republicans start embracing liberal ideas and concepts? No, no, seriously. What, what should they... What should they do? We'll, we'll discuss that at four. But first, back to Tim Kaine in 2018. Tim Kaine was asked, the, the good thing about Tim Kaine being in an uh, election and in a, in a uh, contest, even though he, law, uh, he won so big, was that Corey Stewart did ask him a question about admissions into the colleges and got Tim Kaine to admit that he likes quotas and admissions based upon everything but skill. Tim Kaine likes to look at the color of people's skin and go, ah, oh, we need more of that person. And, you know, this is 2018. We should be looking past race and gender and all those things. Although we'll get to the radio program, I'm going to share some of the most amazing quotes about race and gender. But first, here's Tim Kaine 
on what a college classroom. And we played this. I remember going through this in detail, Richard and I, talking about the, the craziness of this quote. I believe that college classes should look like society looks. Okay. I believe that too. Who doesn't believe that? The difference is, is how do we get there? It sounds good. I believe that college classes should look like society looks. Oh, it's Kane's heart is huge. He's just, doesn't it sound good? I believe college classes ought to look like America looks. How do you do that? No, seriously, this is the most amazing quote. And most liberals and most people would say, Scott Lee, seems reasonable to me. I want it to look like that too. But see, the difference is Tim Kaine is implementing policy. And a policy based on this quote. I believe that college classes should look like society looks. The policy that implements that quote is one on, I, I have no way to, word other than racism. If you want it to look, you know, a college classroom ought to be full of who? The best, the brightest, the smartest, those who work the hardest. Instead, Tim Kaine says, no, no, no. I don't want it full of the smartest. I want it to look like America. Who cares about looks? Who cares what it looks like? Don't you want the best? No, I don't want the best. I want it to look like America. I believe that college classes <laughs> should look like society looks. Yeah, whatever. Who cares what it looks like? The left is amazing. As long as it looks like America, I don't care that they're smart. They got there on their efforts instead of the way they look. Tim Kaine thinks college classes ought to be on the way you look. So when you get a transcript to join a college, that the college admission board ought to look at your picture <laughs> or your race, your religion, or your gender. There used to be only two. You believe this? I I uh, I think this was missed by, but it's an amazing quote of Tim Kaine. Here's another one. We'll, we'll stick with Tim Kaine for a second. We may go much longer into the segment with this. Tim Kaine quotes the Bible is always interesting to me. We already saw him quote the Second Amendment and how bad that was and how bad he butchered it. But when he quotes the Bible, it is even worse. Tim Kaine uh, went to microphones this year after the shooting in Florida because the young kids in the high school were speaking out. So Tim Kaine went to the Bible, found a, uh, a text that supported this. Here's what he said. In recent months, I've been pondering the Old Testament phrase from the book of Isaiah. In recent months, he's been pondering. That ought to make everyone start laughing right there. In recent months, I've been pondering the book of Isaiah. No, you haven't. It's just, I don't, does anyone believe that? I just recent months was pondering the book of Isaiah. First of all, who speaks that way? And secondly, let's see what he concluded. In recent months, I've been pondering the Old Testament phrase from the book of Isaiah, and a little child shall lead them. The book of Isaiah is a book of prophecy. Listen to this now. And that phrase is part of a prophecy that there will come times when the leadership of a child or of young people generally will be incredibly necessary. That's the prophecy? The prophecy in Isaiah is about the leadership of young kids leading us? That is the worst hermeneutics. That is the worst view of how to twist scripture I have ever heard. 
that the book of Isaiah is not speaking about the leadership of children. Tim Kaine is amazing. That's the clips of 2018 from him. And by the way, he, he piled on and didn't even stop there. He kept going. If I go back to the book of Isaiah, the lead into the verse that I read, and a little child shall lead them, talks about a time when, quote, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. You probably remember that phrase of the leopard uh, with the yes, kid and yes. the wolf with the lamb. Yeah, what's and mean? this is to be the moment of leadership by young people. Not every moment, but this particular moment. How does he do that? How does he pluck that? It's amazing what liberalism will do, not only to the Constitution, but to the Bible. The Constitution means whatever I think it does. The Bible, I can make it sound like it's Isaiah talking about the Christ child in this holiday season as leadership of babies and children. Insane. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. No more Christmas music? This is good. Love it. Richard Lee's in the hospital. Covet your prayers. It's me, Scott Lee, by myself, right outside the capital of the Commonwealth. It was an election year in 2018, so we got all kinds of clips and fun things to go over in the coming hours of the radio program. I want to play this one for you. This was in a debate between Congressman Dave Bratt and the new Congressman Abigail Spanberger. Abigail got, and the entire left, by the way, all year long, got hooked on this $1.9 trillion tax cut by Trump. Here's Abigail Spanberger in one debate. The tax bill of 2017 to increase by $1.9 trillion. After adding $1.9 trillion to the deficit, that added $1.9 trillion to the deficit, continuing to grow the $1.9 trillion, adding to our deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion. (laughs) As we are talking about that $1.9 trillion deficit, added to the deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion, is willing to add $1.9 trillion to the deficit. I wonder what point she was trying to make. I missed it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right, check us out at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers goes to our page. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WW. Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all. Call the Lee Brothers at the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Of course, he's not here today. Richard is uh, in the hospital recovering from a week long. He was there on Christmas Eve. I remember talking to him, and I, I, I got the sense something was up. I said, where are you? <laughs> he texts me back and goes, hospital. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's been there since Christmas Eve. Truly great American. Uh, we covet your prayers for Richard. He will be getting out. Today is my understanding. 
but uh, thank you so much for all the uh, the phone calls and texts and uh, and and uh, emails at patriots at theleebrothers.com. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers takes you to our page. There you'll see how the Reformation changed you and America and the uh, the worst of MSNBC in 2018. All right, before we get back to these clips, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. 454-1366, 454-1366. George and Dinwiddie, you're on with the Lee Brothers. Well, thank you very much. I enjoy your show, and I'm sorry about your brother being in sick, and I say a little prayer for him. Thank you. But what you were talking about, Tim. The, Tim Kane? Uh, ever since the TV show was on Tim the Tax Man, why haven't we called Tim the Tax Man Kane? Uh, well, we have a lot of nicknames for him here. Uh, <laughs> that's a new one. We we can obviously grab that one here. Th- that's something. I mean, that is something. <laughs> that is something. Yes, it is. Kane has been kind of the gift to radio uh, since the beginning. You see, T- Tim Kane has been a part of politics in Virginia since, um, well, I can remember, quite honestly. Mayor of Richmond, uh, an attorney, uh, and he's always been the guy who just hoodwinks everyone. Uh, I've never understood how how he he was able to do that. It was just mind-blowing. I believe that college classes <laughs> should look like society. Exactly. I mean, he gets away with just the simple... Of course, it sounds so good, right? I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with. There's another one now. We have another senator. I mean, Tim Kaine's not our only senator. Mark Warner. Uh, the, the, the clip of Warner here that we uh, used in 2018 is just as ridiculous he was talking about the the kids in cages that uh that trump has here's uh here's one of mark warner and by the way before when i play this uh mark behind the screen behind the glass over here find the one where he talked about capitalism i couldn't find that one but here's mark warner on the border year and a half with this president i keep thinking that things couldn't get worse Hmm. what what is wrong with the Speak, man. Quit pausing so long. Come on. Where'd you get that from, Obama? It's, it's, like, it's like he's a start to cry. It's like he doesn't sure what he's going to say. And Warner's never been a good communicator. Never. But here he is. Couldn't get worse. Uh, mm, yes. And? And then they have. And then they did. Well, son of a gun. I mean, the drama was too much. All right, continue. Sorry. I don't think in my time, in my, in my whole life. Ever. I've seen an administration that's as morally bankrupt Clear as board. the Trump administration is. Listen and this. one that has less regard for rule of law, less regard for the values that makes our country extraordinary. Contrary. And the implementation of this so-called zero tolerance policy. So-called. Is a classic example where even if the folks were trying to stop actions at the border this was a plan that had not been thought through so do you know why there was a zero tolerance on the border this is what the left doesn't understand i think it's out of meanness it was to stop it was to stop people from coming here and trying to bust through the border with their kids and get in all kinds of trouble so trump said look we got to have a firm stance so people will stop trying to come to the border mark warner missed it radically in 2018 but the best one was possibly this. Warner talked about how capitalism has failed us. Here's that clip. 
Uh, I think we got to realize that the economy that we grew up in isn't going to take place in 2017, 18, 19. Yeah, I, I was blessed to do really well uh, in business. Uh, I believe in the free enterprise system, but I don't believe modern American capitalism is working for enough people, and we need to shake things up. He doesn't believe that modern-day capitalism works for enough people. We need to shake it up. And who's going to do that? The smartest, the most elite, in a far-off land, surrounded by a beltway we call Washington, D.C., run by kings and queens. We'll put faith in them to fix a capitalistic system and free markets that tend to work. We're going to put our trust in Mark Warner to fix a system that doesn't work for anyone anymore. What was the end of that clip again, Mark? Play that again. Here it is again. Probably didn't grow up here. Uh, Probably many of you decided to come here as uh, part of retirement and, you know, great place to be. Uh, I think we got to realize that the economy that we grew up in isn't going to take place in 2017, 18, 19. I I was blessed to do really well uh, in business. Uh, I believe in the free enterprise system, but I don't believe modern American capitalism is working for enough people. And we need to shake things up. Does that scare anybody? A quote from Mark Warner in 2018. We talked about this on this program in depth. But does that scare anybody? Does it scare anybody when a politician goes to a nearest microphone and says, look, we're going to have to shake things up? And when has that worked? And when should we, when can, where can we point to say, that's when it works, Scott Lee. Have faith in government. They can w- figure out this thing called free market capitalism. Trust Mark Warner. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> It's asinine, and we're, and we're confused if we actually think these people will make it right. But, you know, in 2018, we're going to learn a lot. We learned about that clip. That clip came in 2018. The Tim Kaine clips came in 2018. Uh, we, we learned that uh, white men were the problem in 2018. In fact, here's uh, Vanjie Williams ran in District 1 um, uh, against, um, uh, why am I having a mellow block on the current congressman? from District 1. Why am I having a problem with that? Rob Whitman. Thank you. Thank you. Fine gentleman behind the glass in the Mickey Mouse hat. Phenomenal. The Mickey Mouse hat threw me off. I didn't think he would know, I didn't think he'd know the answer to that. <laughs> but phenomenal. Uh, Vanjie Williams, uh, is, just so we are all on the same plane here, she's a black female. If that matters, it matters to some. It matters to her because here's what she said. Right now, we're sitting amongst history. Amongst I am the first African-American woman to run for Congress. In the- Thanks for pointing that out. I love when the left does that. I am the first African-American woman to run, and I should get votes based on that. Really? Anyway, sorry. Here she is. I am the first African-American woman to run for Congress in the first district. And when I win, I'll be the first African-American woman to represent Congress on Capitol Hill. Now, everyone's going to tell you he's the first Latino. But guess what? I'm going to tell you what I've heard in the district. We don't want any more white guys. We don't want any more old guys. Hmm. That's what she heard? She's actually hearing as she's going around campaigning, no more white guys, no more old guys. Wow. Is District 1 that racist? That's a racist statement. What? What's the point? You're saying white men are the problem? Old men are the problem? And worse, the combination if you're old and white, then what? Oh, my gosh. It's all bad. That's what we found out in 2018, that women and blacks were the focal point in 2018. Here's a little, here's a little montage of, 
of, um, I think this was MSNBC or just NBC, during the Kavanaugh hearings and, and all the things that the Senate confirmation about all white men being the problem. Once again, it will be all white men on the Republican side of the Judiciary Committee questioning uh, both Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. The Republicans that are on the Judiciary Committee, it is a lineup of white guys over the age of 50. All the white men on the Senate Judiciary Committee. You've got all white men on the Republican side here. On the Republican side, all 11 are white men. The Republicans (laughs) are white men. Pause for effect. It's like pause for effect. Are white men? Not nah! everyone's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. They continue. That's just on the happened. Senate Judiciary Committee. It's it's eleven white men. Oh, well, well. It, is, it is eleven white men. The Republicans. It happens to be eleven white men. Are these white Republican men essentially going to um, ask her if if she's telling the truth? Twenty five years since the Anita Hill hearings. What hasn't changed is the number of white men. I, I, I know. Yeah. I've covered lots of these. Um, White men. And so at the end of the day, if they have a bunch of white men once again defending another white man. Mm. You have 70-something-year-old white men. No offense to them. No, I'm like not the taken. Being surely not. Surely not. We're not. No offense taken to the white men that you've just trashed for the last last six months of, of 2018 was all about how evil white men are. As if white men can't make decisions about it, it, we're really positioning ourselves in our society and our culture that men can't represent women, that women can't represent men, that whites can't represent blacks, blacks can't. I mean, it, that that's pure insanity, folks. Our entire country is built on the idea that you can have representation without based upon skin color or gender or any of that such. I mean, what is a woman issue? What is a black issue that only blacks and women can figure out? When we get back, I'll tell you about the new woman, Democrat leader in the Virginia House. Fillercorn is her name, and she thinks it's good that she's a woman. Why? I'll tell you next. And your phone calls, 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Men have been getting on my nerves lately. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the So free. true is that song. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Phone lines are open 454-1366, 454-1366. Missing my my co-host, my friend and my brother Richard Lee as he is in the uh, in the hospital. I just uh, talked to him by text a few minutes ago. He's even tuned into the show and says it sucks without him and he's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, there he is. <laughs> uh, we do miss him greatly here, and um, and thank you for your prayers and your emails and your phone calls and all that. Four five four thirteen sixty six. There is a uh, a barrier that has been broken. I just it, it's so frustrating. Identity politics is frustrating to me. There is no way we should care the gender, the race. We just shouldn't. And, and, and the fact that we have to point these things out indicates division among us, not unity. It doesn't unite us. It divides us. A 400-year first, as this is being talked about, 
the Virginia House will have a Democrat leader as a woman. I suppose I'm supposed to cheer that. I suppose that's supposed to be a big deal. Now, I understand conceptually, I understand the idea that that a uh, that a woman would be there. I, that, that's fine. I don't see the difference between a woman in this seat or a man. Now, people do. She's going to be the minority leader. And she said, quote, I tell you, there's been an outpouring of excitement and energy around it. Everyone's just kind of surprised to think that it's taken so long. You know, why am I not so... Why... why why don't I have the emotional feeling that the left does with this? Am I the only one? Who cares that it's a woman? Why don't we just say Elaine Fillercorn is the new minority leader for the House of Democrats? And she's the first woman. That's fine. But what am I supposed to celebrate other than that? Here's what we should celebrate according to her. Quote, I think women have a different perspective. They do. Do they? What's the women's perspective on the on tax cuts? Is it different than a man's perspective on tax cuts? What's a women's perspective on limited power of the government? Is it the same as the man's perspective? What is Here's the bigger question. What is a women's perspective? I don't know. Now she goes on to try to explain I'm also the first mom in such a position. It takes a different perspective to bring both the, with issues and also with personality. From what I hear, a lot of folks are saying that it's about time. Who's saying that? Who's saying it's about time we had a mom? What, what's the difference? What's the policy? 454-1366. What's a women's policy that filler corn as a Democrat leader the first female is going to benefit women differently, us differently? How's it going to benefit the citizens of the Commonwealth differently? 454-1366. Paul from Mechanicsville. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Good. Thank you. Good to talk to you. I hope you have a happy new year. Thank you, sir. It's been you a too. while since I've spoken to you guys. Uh, like uh, last time I called in, I heard you the Dave Bratt thing. And, you know, I just had a, a quick comment um, that, I'll bet you Abigail Spanberger couldn't pass one of Dave's economics classes, one of the elementary economics classes. I listened to her speak. You know, she was totally wound up by Democrats' talking points. And uh, I hope all those idiots in Henrico that voted for her get what they would get what they asked for. Anyway, I don't. By the then, way. I hope they don't get what they asked for. I, yeah. by, by the way, here's the good news, Paul. It doesn't matter that she doesn't know any economics. She's a female. And apparently yeah. that's the only thing that mattered to so many. This this female on TV and they all ran to vote for. Yeah, I, I wish David pressed her on that one point nine trillion or whatever she kept saying, you know? Yeah, one point nine trillion. One point nine trillion. One point nine trillion. One said that that was obviously it sounded like Tim Kane speaking told her what to say <laughs> right. before she got on the air, you know. Anyway. But uh, another was I heard LeBron James talking the other day. Let me ask you a question about LeBron. Can I ask you a question? Yes, you can't ask me a question. I could ask you one, and I'm one of those dumb old white men, anyway, and uh, that helped get this country to where it is over the years. How did we get to where we are? You're a problem. With a bunch of dumb white men. Anyway, hey, good luck. Happy New Year to you guys. I love hearing you. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate the call. 454-1366. Great call from Paul. Listen, um, uh, 
Here, here's what he was referring to with the Abigail Spamberger 1.9 trillion. This was from the only debate between Brat and her and how she grabbed onto a talking point and never let it go. The tax bill of 2017 to increase by $1.9 trillion. After adding $1.9 trillion to the deficit, that added $1.9 trillion to the deficit, continuing to grow the $1.9 trillion, adding to our deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion. As we are talking about that $1.9 trillion deficit, oh, added to the deficit to Please the tune stop. of $1.9 trillion, is willing to add $1.9 trillion. <laughs> To so let me just get this. I'm not. I'm not sure. What's the number? Down yeah, one point. <laughs> Brutal. Filler corn. The new Democrat leader in the Virginia House. She's a woman. That changes everything, or does it? Four five four thirteen sixty six. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Lee Brothers eight twenty WNTW ninety two point seven FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers. Here every Friday from 3 to 6. <laughs> or you can read them. Which which the problem with reading them is it might change your view on what you think the role of government should be. All right, I want to continue this uh, th- this filler corn story with this. Because I, I I think there are plenty of you who who think like I do on this. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man in, 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 uh, in the seats in, in the house. Does it? There, are some of you really that concerned about it? Now, she says it's important because it's a different perspective. I want to know what perspective is different. How are women seeing tax cuts there? How are women going to see this new surplus that we have in Virginia now? What should we do with it? Are women going to see that differently than me as a male? And more clips from 2018. There's some of the, I'm not done with this. We're going to look back as we have the last show of 2018 without my co-host, Richard Lee. Pray for him. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Keyword Lee Brothers. Click on us. Takes you to our page and your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. So there's a Green New Deal. The Democrats could have the biggest power grab ever with this Green New Deal. We'll discuss that. At least maybe. Hopefully we'll get to it. Republicans in trouble in this blue state we call the Commonwealth of Virginia. What do they need to do in 2019? That We'll discuss it, I hope. And do school board demographics matter? Does gender matter? Does race matter? That's next. Virginia Citizens, an American Patriots, the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, is uh, is in the hospital. He's supposed to get out today. And, of course, when he said uh, he was getting out today, he was hoping this morning that didn't happen. He's still there. He's been there since Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Richard Lee has been in the hospital. Hope to get out today. Uh, we covet your prayers for Richard as he uh, has had an incredible year. As you are, uh, if you listen to this radio program for any length of time, you realize that Richard's been struggling with his health from time to time. And sometimes it finds me 
sitting here alone without him in what's supposed to be the only two-headed talk show. It's kind of hard to do that when he's not here. So uh, we expect him back next week uh, and ready and ripping to go, as he always is. So prayers for Richard. Are coming up at 5, the caller of the year. We we uh, went through some of the calls that we had in, in, in 2018, and we pulled one that I thought was good. I mean, look, I mean, it's kind of hard to find the caller of the year, and it's not gonna it's not gonna be an award or anything. It's just we're gonna play a clip from one of our callers at uh, at five o'clock and and talk about uh, talk about that. But first, th- this this uh, more about 2018. 2018 was some say the year of the woman, and the uh, the year of more identity politics. Virginia saw a huge shift in our congressional seats to women, and three women picked up congressional seats in in Virginia. Wow. I mean, if that's supposed to change things. Even Barack Obama got involved in the women's argument. Here's what he said this year in 2018. Women in particular, by the way, I want you to get more involved. Because, because, uh, because, uh, because, well, I'm not sure. Because it sounds good and it makes me look smart. Because, because, uh, yeah. Why? Men have men have been getting on my nerves lately. You want women getting involved because men have been getting on your nerves. That's real, real good. He continued. Men have men have been getting on my nerves lately. I mean, I I just what what woman doesn't laugh at that? Hey, they've been getting on my nerves too. <laughs> but you're a dude. Barack Obama, you're a man. You just threw, you need to turn your man card in. What? See, it's okay for women to trash men. It's expected. Women say it all the time. Men are getting on my nerves. Men get on my nerves. My boyfriend gets on my nerves. My husband gets on my nerves. See, that makes sense. But for you, you're a male. It's like as soon as a guy trashes another guy to get women points, what happens? It's it. You're doomed. You're done. Never to be in the in the, in the man club again. Turn your card in. I mean, I I just uh, every day I read the newspaper and oh. I just think like, brothers, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. what's wrong with us? All yeah. right. I mean, we're, we're violent. We're bullying. We. Oh yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. not handling our business. No, we're not. Uh-uh. Um, so, so I think uh, yeah. empowering more women on the country. Sure. That ought to, right away is going to, I think, lead to some better policies. What policies? Yeah, I, I, I think I was a thug. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. You were a thug. By the way, that is that is the most maddening clip of a politician I've heard all in 2018. Men are the problem. Don't worry. It, it was a common theme, completely common theme this year. Here was uh, Justin Trudeau, Trudeau of, of, of uh, Canada. Remember this clip this year? Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to look uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind. Oh, yeah. It's more inclusive. There we go. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. We can all learn from each other. Yeah, can't we? Well, somehow we missed the point that mankind meant all people, we learn from each other. We learn that we'll trip over ourselves to say the most stupid, ridiculous things ever, that being one of them. Mankind, we prefer, we prefer people kind. Is that what he said? Or is it, no, what did he say? We'd like you to. Uh, we, we like to say people kind. You do? 
Who likes to say that? Nobody likes to say people kind. Nobody. I bet you even Justin Trudeau has never said people kind, ever. And he just corrected a woman. Who corrects a woman? One of those annoying men who are getting on Obama's nerves. This was 2018. And now, at the end of 2018, we're supposed to celebrate this Fillercorn woman. Eileen Fillercorn, the delegate from uh, Northern Virginia, who now will be the uh, minority leader in the House of Delegates for the first time in 400 years, mind you, in case you were wondering or counting for that matter. And by the way, apparently there was somebody counting. For 400 years, every year they made the check. Dang it, not this year. Uh, Not this year either. Crap. And then year 399, they're thinking, maybe that. In 400 years, that's it. That's the magic number. And here comes Eileen Fillercorn. Check mark, 400 years of no woman in the, in the majority seat or in the uh, leadership position is now there. They're going to bring her gifts. Some wise men, the Magi are going to show up with, 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 uh, with, with uh, sense and, and, and myrrh and frankincense and myrrh and, and gifts. Just insane. But I love, I love Fillercorn here. You got to give her credit because she says, I think women have different perspectives and I am still waiting. I am still waiting for a women's perspective that is different than a man's and how it impacts policy, because that's really the point, right? I know women look at things differently. They look at shoes differently than men. We know that. There's a totally different perspective. But what policy and government do they look at that it gives us a different perspective that it changed the course of mankind? That if all women were there, how it would be so different? Is a policy in government really dependent on gender? No, I'm I'm really serious. Women, call me. 454-1366. What is it that gives you a different perspective in government than me, for example? And why should we celebrate it? That's what I want to know. 454-1366. All right, there's more of this. Uh, Gildenbrandt, Senator Gil- Gildenbrandt from New York, was chiming in on how good it is. This is this year. This is a clip from 2018 during the election and all the rest. You need to hear this on how great it is for women. But the reason I play it for you is because she mentioned something that happened at our General Assembly. Here it is. So you draw a direct line between President Trump's election and the number of women running now. Absolutely. (laughs) Based on not demographic shifts, but just pure protest? Protest, anger, frustration, and determination to protect their families. Um, Protect their families? Men don't want to protect their families. Only women want to protect their families. And since women are now uh, more outraged that Trump is attacking their families, nobody can give me an example of Trump attacking families other than giving them the tax cut, more money in their pocket, if you want to call that an attack. Um, I just met Danica Rome. You know, she ran against the guy who wrote the transgender bathroom bill. She's a transgender woman. These women are saying, I am going to represent my values. These women... Danica Rome is a man. She says she's a woman, but she's a man. You're telling me that Danica Rome, who's made the, we're good for Virginia. We made the national news because we have this transgender woman now who is a uh, member of the House of Delegates. That's a first, by the way, 400 years too. This woman, Gildebrandt from New York, is actually using a man saying she's a woman as someone who supports women? Wow. Is that a different policy perspective? I need your help on this. 
Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 92.7 FM. I would create 100 or 1,000 or a million young Barack Obamas or Michelle Obamas. Ah! Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. Brothers, 454-1366, 454-1366. How closely do you look at school boards and wonder if they have the correct gender and race? There is a uh, article I saw earlier this week that said for the first time, Montgomery County, Maryland elected school board is composed of majority of people of color. Okay. Again, doesn't that beg? The premise is only people of color can represent people of color. Until that time, people of color had it hard. Just a bunch of white people on the Montgomery County, Maryland school board. Which means what? Was it worse for, for people of color until now there's a majority of people of color? I found the article interesting. It also said across the country... 78% of board members are white, and 10% are black, and 3% are Hispanic. So I ask you, what's the, 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 the gender, demographics, and race of your school board or your county board? Have you looked at this? Fairfax County population is 60% white, 20% Asian. 16% 16% Hispanic, 9% black, and 9% other. Man, that's a tough one to have the school board made up. What are you going to do? There's 12 members on the school board. They, co- they currently comprise of nine white people, one African-American and one Asian, and one Hispanic. There's a crisis there. Does anyone see the crisis? You're right, I don't either. I, don't, I miss the crisis. Unless you can tell me the exact policy that a colored person, Asian person, Hispanic person would have that would be different than a white person. You want to know something closer to home? Here's Henrico. So Henrico County's population is about 53% non-Hispanic white, 30% African-American, 8% Asian, 5% Hispanic Latino. I hate reading these stats. I can't stand it because quite honestly, it doesn't matter. We're Americans. All of us are. Get rid of the hyphenated Americans. But anyway, there's your stats for Henrico. So what's the uh, Board of Supervisors look like? Well, there's five members on the board in Henrico. There are three whites, two African-Americans. Oh, no. Oh, no. The school board, five members total of the school board, four whites, one African-American. Well, that's the problem with Henrico schools. We only have one black person. Does anyone see the folly of this, but that's what we are told every day by the mainstream media, that we don't look at people as individuals. We don't look at people as Americans. We have to put them in groups, therefore dividing us. And no one does this better than Democrats. In fact, Morning Joe, at the end of the election last year, said this. In 2018, we have a president of the United States that's making an overt appeal to racism as his final 
argument to keep the House and to keep the Senate. The offense given to millennials, to people of color, to women, by the incitement and the demagoguery of this campaign will linger like a stench around the Republican Party for ages. Everything's about race. Everything. In fact, it was so bad in 2018 about dividing us among race and color and gender that you might remember this story. Passwords became racist. Remember the Pacific Bank that had a customer reset the password only to get it back with a couple of letters in the N-I-G-G-E-R inside the password? It was so offensive that the bank had to apologize to the customer who turned out that the customer amazingly was black and was now offended by this. Remember this? Here's a clip of it. Click forgot password and got a a temporary password from PSE. And it was capital N-I-G-G-A. And um, by the way, that was not the entire password. There were letters in front of that. There were numbers behind it. So it was a automatically generated password, not a conspiracy against black people. And um, I was quite shocked. When you saw this word pop up, what did it do to you? (laughs) Man, it was, um, that was like an emotional roller coaster. Shocked, disbelief, um, disgusted, angry. She also showed us a past temporary passcode that was just random letters and numbers. So she believes this current passcode slur was created deliberately. I was, I was truly in disbelief. So they knew it was you and sent you a pa- This is how insane it has gotten. It's crazy that a password is now offensive. Because I was like, this is not normal, and this is not what a temporary password is supposed to say. It was random. Completely random. No hidden racist agenda. Unless, of course, you've been told the entire year that America is racist, that there's institutional racism, that any minute someone's looking to offend you because they're racist. In fact, the bank even said something. This was offensive. There was no question about that. We apologize to this customer, to the community for what has happened, and we are trying to do what we can to make it right. PSC insists the slur was a computer-generated mistake. Of course! Passwords are generated automatically, so they go straight from the system straight to the customer. This is 2018. We're still dealing with issues. What? We're still dealing with a password reset that was a complete accident? This is 2018. I hope 2019 is different. My fear is it won't be because there are people who prey on this type of thing and then run for a political seat. You guess the party. Your phone calls are next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers. Republican Party has to change, right? Or does it? What has to change for the Republican Party in 2019? We're now a blue state. I mean, blue, baby. Uh, Does the party need to change its positions? What does it need to change? We'll discuss that coming up. But one thing we learned in 2018, especially in District 7 against Brad and Abigail Spamberger, is that the high watermark, the the purity of thought— The self-proclaimed great position is that of moderacy. Karen Peters is a constituent in Chesterfield. Here's what she said this year. We went back and found it 
on our final show of the year to play it for you. I have voted for Republicans. I even voted for Dave Bratt once. We are a district of well-educated moderates for the most part. I think that we look at both our Republican and our Democratic counterparts. I think we want to reach across the aisle. That's the new purity. I'm a moderate. I don't know what I think. I just depend on what someone puts in TV in front of me. Then I think that way. I like Democrats. I like Republicans. What a Linguini spying, no position failure. That is about 50% of America. This gal is representing most of how people think. I don't know. I don't know what federalism is. I don't know what the Constitution means. The Supreme Court is powerful. They don't know anything. They're moderates. Self-proclaimed, high on a pedestal, look down on anyone who has a firm convictions of principle. Moderates get hit by cars. They're the middle of the rotors. And they tell us they don't even know anything. That's the lesson of 2018. Check us out, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers to our page. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW. 92.7 FM. diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Everybody is The best bump rotation in the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> the Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host. My friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Richard is uh, in the hospital. He is getting out today. Apparently, I just heard from him, he is uh, ripping uh, them apart to get out, as you can possibly imagine, since he's been there since Christmas Eve. Ouch. That's that's a long time, and it's a bad time to be in the hospital. So uh, praying for Richard Lee. He'll be back right here uh, behind the microphones outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, next week, right here, uh, three to six, as we discuss the Federalist Papers and other things. All right, phone lines are open, 454-1366, 454-1366. What do Republicans have to do in 2019? We've been shack, shrack, and just, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just completely devastated, shredded. Was that the word? Yes, it possibly was. Um, in the last couple of years. Republicans haven't had the governor's uh, seat since Bob McDonnell. Uh, Republicans can't win a statewide election. Republicans uh, nearly lost the House, like 30-some-odd seats in the uh, General Assembly. It is uh, a definite turn here in Virginia to blue and bright blue. It seems that the the, the principles uh, of the Republican Party no longer resonate. Seems that way. I feel important now. <laughs> exactly. So do Republicans have to change their tune to stay relevant in Virginia? What do Republicans have to do? Now, I, I welcome your phone calls on this, 454-1366. But there is uh, th- there's certainly a change of things in Virginia. And it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating. But let me, let me tell you how I think and what I think. Because... I've always thought politics should be about issues. They should be about principled issues, about 
with the difference in the role of government you want to take, about what you expect government to do, what you expect government to be, what it should be bound by, and what it should not be. It's not about just your opinion. It's about what is constitutional in Virginia uh, and in the end of the federal government, what federalism is. It should be about these principles. I've come to learn that, especially in our new society we live in, of pop culture, social media, none of that matters. Walking through the museum of the American Revolution in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago gave me the realization, by the way, there's nobody there, uh, gave me the realization that America is past 1786, it's 87, 1776. Doesn't care anymore. It's not what the government uh, was limited to do. It's what the government can do. People vote on things other than issues. Oh, Scott, you're just learning that? No, I'm not just learning that. But it's really a shame. The, the American people and the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia do not vote on issues. We just played the clip to show that. It's not about that. It's about, you know, the great moderate view because they hold the high ground. They're the ones who make the difference. I have voted for Republicans. I even voted for Dave Bratt once. And why is that high, mighty? Why do, why, all that tells me is you don't have a position on jack squat. It tells me that the people of Virginia aren't looking for policies. It tells me that Virginia is lost for real principles and limited government and freedom. That's what it tells me. Does it tell you the same thing? So the answer is, what should Republicans do about it? Now, before I tell you what I think Republicans ought to do about it, let's look at something for a second. The, the, apparently, Republicans are underperforming in the Commonwealth of Virginia to younger voters. Underperforming to younger voters. Younger voters lost uh, 18 to 29, 18 points against Donald Trump. So Donald Trump lost the youngest part of the voters soundly. Young voters typically hold liberal views, in part because I guess they're more racially and ethnicity diverse, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't know what that means, but younger voters are more liberal. Most important concerns for the millennials are social issues, you know, immigration, racism, and I don't know how Roe v. Wade and abortion comes, but I guess it is. I mean, this is what the liberal young voter is. Millennials seem to be moving the Commonwealth blue. Millennials care more about uh, health care. There's 68% of them believe there needs to be more changes to give blacks equal rights with whites. What century are millennials living in? 67% say the government's responsible for making sure all Americans have health care. Again, the role of government. So I ask you, what should Republicans be doing? So people are convinced, and I've heard this. I've heard this within the Republican uh, groups. I've heard this within the Democrat groups and liberal groups. Republicans have to change their message to win statewide elections in Virginia. What's that mean? They have to moderate their positions? They have to change what they believe? You mean that 
People in the Republican Party actually think Republicans need to become more Democrat-like? That's exactly what I'm telling you. There is a movement inside Republicans. There's a movement inside Democrats, obviously inside Democrats and liberals and others, to look at the current Republican Party and say, oh, you're too conservative. The country's moved. The Commonwealth's moved blue. You better change your policies. You'll never win another seat in statewide election in Virginia. See, I don't believe that. Do you? 454-1366. Do you believe that? I don't. Here's what I believe. I believe the Republican Party better find candidates that can articulate the conservative message and do it boldly and effectively. And if you can't, you're going to lose. It's that simple. If you don't, if you can't talk like a Democrat, which means appeal in such a way, talk with emotion and feelings, but use real conservative, limited government concepts. If we don't have a Republican candidate that doesn't get pigeonholed by the left to be some sort of racist, homophobic, whatever is, transphobe, crazy person. And you can stick with real-life principles of liberty and freedom and sound government and limited government, the ideals of liberty that that is at the heart of every American. If you can articulate those positions, we don't need new policies. You don't need to be moderate. In fact, I would argue you need to be more firm and, and, and showing the differences between the two parties and be able to articulate a real conservative principle. Unfortunately, I think Trump is hurting us with that because Trump has never articulated a conservative principle. He's implemented conservative things, and I'm proud of that and glad for that and like it and, and thank Trump for that, but he can't articulate the reasons behind them. And never has and never did in the primary for Republicans. Trump has hurt the cause in that way because when people look at Trump, they, 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 or they listen to Trump, they never hear those conservative principles. Corey Stewart was horrible at that. People didn't like him. He was bombastic. He, 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 he stood behind the wrong things at the wrong time. I mean, why would you be waving a Confederate flag. There's no reason for that. That has nothing to do with the Republican Party. It has nothing to do with the direction of the country. It has nothing to do with the direction of the Commonwealth. Real conservative principles win. Articulate them. Defend them. Make the case for liberty. And by all means, I beg the Republicans to find good candidates. There can be very good men with very good positions that are horrible candidates. That is a fact. You don't vote for the people that just hold the right principles. You have to vote for the people that hold the right principles and can win and are good candidates. The problem with the Republican Party as of late, they've been voting for people that have the right issues, but are horrible, horrible candidates that couldn't argue their way out of a paper bag or already had baggage that made them look even worse. And the Republicans in these primaries stood on principles, I mean, rightfully so, but the principles were so strong that it blinded them to the ability to win. Principles matter, but they must be attached to a candidate that can win. I'm not saying vote for a candidate that can win with poor principles. I'm saying Republicans, find Ronald Reagan's. 
find people like Bob McDonald, who was very good at articulating conservative principles and was well-liked. The party's not dead. The principles aren't dead. We need people that can articulate them. Agree or disagree? All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. More clips from 2018 that will uh, pretty much blow your mind. That's next, and your phone calls. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Just show you how youthful I am. I intend to campaign in all 13 states. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. Then I saw her face. <laughs> now I'm a I'm thinking of, by the way, is Alex, what's her name? Alexandria Cortez, the 29-year-old from New York, who's the new congressman up there. She uh, she made some interesting statements this year that were just unbelievable about how the government has three branches. And, of course, she messed up the three branches of the government and never got them right and talked about how she can't wait to be inaugurated so she can sign bills, none of which she does. But she did come out this week and talk about this new This new Green New Deal. Now, we all know what the New Deal is, the original New Deal, right? But now there's calling, the Democrats are calling for a Green New Deal. This is the next huge big government attempt to accomplish, get this, economic justice. I kid you not. It's not about the environment. It's about economic justice. Let me explain. This is a quote from Alexandra Cortez, the new 29-year-old socialist. We can use the transition to 100% renewable energy as a vehicle to truly deliver and establish economic, social, and racial justice in the United States of America. What? We can use renewable energy to deliver economic justice and and racial justice? What in the name of Sam Hill does that even mean? Yeah, it's like Van Jones is back. And then It gets better. Here's how she continues. This isn't going to be the great society, the moonshot, the civil rights movement of our generation. Oh, this is going to be. This is the mechanism. Listen to this. The Green New Deal. It's the mechanism through which we can really deliver justice to communities that have been underserved. I have told you this and told you this. We have made the case for more than 12 years here in Richmond. The whole, the whole global warming, climate change movement is about government. It's about socialism. It's about communism. It's about social justice. It's not about clean air and water. And every time I get in an argument with the left on this, I got to say, guys, come on. Why is it we lining up so differently? Don't you think conservatives love clean air and water? Of course we do. But we're against this whole thing because it's a con. And here are the words of Alexander Cortez confirming it. Went on to say, we have injustices in this country. Those injustices are concentrated in frontline communities of indigenous people, black people, brown communities. They're the ones who experience the greatest depths of this injustice. And the Green New Deal's the answer? Wow. You know, we should be very careful on how they hide and hoodwink big government. Most people want clean air and clean water. Most people are concerned about climate change because they've been told to be. But then there's this. This is the, this is the uh, Trojan horse. Use the uh, Trojan horse of climate change to fill it full of soldiers so when you come in through the gates, it becomes 
this radical movement of communism and socialism. Be very, very fearful of this. Other clips from 2018 are, are just amazing. I want to I play some things from The View just because it's fun and you can laugh at them and nothing's more fun to laugh at than Joy Behar. Here's what she said about, she actually used Jefferson and Madison in this clip, which is the reason I want to play it. We played this uh, throughout the show in 2018. Here it is again. We must elect more Republicans. We have to She's do She's referring that. to this clip. Yeah. Let's have everybody a Republican. The Supreme Court, the yeah. Congress, the presidency. What is that called? Dictatorship, I believe. No. If all those branches are Republicans, it's the vote of the people. It's not a dictatorship. There were there are checks and balances. She doesn't know a dictatorship if it landed on her. Here's the thing about a dictatorship. It requires a bigger government. If Republicans are in charge of all those things, then you won't have a big government to be a dictator. Continue. Well, the Thomas Jefferson and James Madison are rolling over in their grave today. You believe that? How dare you? How dare you, Joy Behar, even mention a Commonwealth of Virginia? How dare you mention our founders? They're our founders! How dare you try to co-opt them to, for, to be upset with Trump's limited government stance? Because James Madison will be applauding it. Anyway, here's what she says next. What happened to separation of powers? What happened to checks and balances in this country? Gone. Gone. Yeah. Hmm. Dictatorship. Here, here she is talking about uh, even more. I'm overreacting to this, but I believe that everybody should be involved in politics right now. Mm. I really do. I don't believe that you get a pass just because you're a performer. Yeah, I but not everybody wants to watch it on television. I get that, but okay, I, that's my, what she's talking my about. personal belief is yeah. that we are in an emergency. The <laughs> democracy is at risk. It's at risk. This woman is so whacked. Who actually thinks the democracy is at risk because Trump's the president? Democracy? The republic is at risk because Trump, I mean, once you set that as a standard, if Trump's destroying the world, the planet, all the environment, and he is a threat to democracy, is there anything worse? I mean, you win. You win. Trump's the worst thing. It's it's crazy. Then here's, uh, what's her name? Sonny Hostin on, on The View talking about tear gassing kids. Some of the quotes from 2018. Here's this. That's not to say using tear gas. I think it's immoral when you're using tear gas against children. (laughs) I laugh at that because, of course, it would be immoral to use tear gas against children. But that's not what happened. No innocent child was standing there minding their own business. And some evil American walked up and said, here, pull the pin on this tear gas grenade. I'm going to chuck it off the back of this six-year-old's kid. No, that's not happening. The whole thing's a lie, and she knows it. ProPublica just found that the Trump administration has secretly continued to separate kids from their families. The Obama administration they never, never did that. Did no. that. But I'm just, uh, you know, the ACLU says that kind of separation is unprecedented. So this whole, but Obama did it, but Obama did it. I don't care what no, Obama did. I don't no. care what Trump oh, is doing no. right well, here, right because, now. That's because you're political. And so is The View. An entire political hack show on TV full of very hateful women. But they have a different perspective, I'm told. That's what I'm told. Your phone call is next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. If everybody's <laughs> raising living standards to the point where everybody's got a car and everybody's got air conditioning and everybody's got a big house, uh, well, the planet will boil over. <laughs> Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. 
is it now? Just the circus clown? Circus clowns would imply there's two of us, and Richard is exiting the hospital as we speak here. Hopes and prayers for him. He's been in there since Christmas Eve, which is just brutal. Just brutal. So, um, But he'll be back here next Friday from 3 to 6, I promise you. In, uh, in rare form, ready to go. All right, more clips of uh, 2018 we've got to share with you. We've got to go through the Kavanaugh thing. We'll, we'll relive all that. Rachel Maddow, we call her Mad Cow, but Rachel Maddow slammed Liberty University this week. You might have missed it because it's a Christmas holiday, but we'll, we'll see if we can get to that also coming up. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Just click on the Lee Brothers. It takes you to our page. You'll see how the Reformation changed you in America. A pretty good video there. And the worst of MSNBC in 2018. That's actually a funny, pretty funny. You see the slant of that of that station, which is just radical. And your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Remembering the best of 2018, the clips and the comments, that and more this hour. And the caller, the caller of the year, we'll share that, is Virginia for teachers. I mean, how many license plates do we need? That is next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots Radio was the founding fathers intended. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. The silence is deafening, and the only two-headed talk show is down to one. Richard is recovering from a week-long stay at the hospital. He got, he went in on uh, Christmas Eve. That's actually not quite a week, and um, it, but a horrible, crappy time to go into the hospital. He's been in since Christmas Eve. He's getting out today. Just heard from him, and he's on the exit path and uh, doing much better, and your prayers are still coveted. Thank you for your concerns about the Lee Brothers. Excellent uh, emails at patriots at theleebrothers.com, and Facebook comments and phone calls, and we cover your prayers. Thank you so much. Even though um, we were told that prayers don't work and nobody wants them, and and actually Chris Matthews said they should be illegal. You, know, you mean in thoughts addition, and prayers? Yes, I'm sorry. And that should be yeah. outlawed. I know it's well intended <laughs> in some cases. In some cases, it's well intended. What the, the attitude of the left towards people who pray? I think it's it should be outlawed. Yeah. And who would do that exactly? That would be the left in government trying to outlaw praying for people. Or at least saying you're praying for people. Which, by the way, is the one of the, come of the worst things you can say, according to the American left. Praying for you. Pray for your health. Pray for your well-being. Praying for you to recover. Those type of things. But, yeah, there's... Exactly. Um, it's, just, it's just preposterous. Uh and so is so is everybody else on the on the left with this whole. Uh, let me just go over this real quick. Rachel Madcow. Yes, I'm sticking with Madcow. And by the way, I didn't make that up. Richard did, and I'm going to give him full credit for Madcow because that's exactly who this woman is. You ever notice that Rachel Madcow and Chuck Todd from Meet the Press look identical? They have the exact same mannerisms, the exact same tone, the exact same size. They're both skinny men. And they're both, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Seriously, go look and look at Chuck Todd 
and Rachel Madcal and look at them side by side. Same haircut, same same way they look, same mannerisms in the way they speak, the way they hold their shoulder. I mean, it's it's really eerie, scary, and disgusting. But anyway, Rachel Madcal slammed Liberty University this week. You may have missed this. She was in an interview with uh, Chris Hayes, who's a leftist colleague of hers. She said, uh, we've got this new Justice Department spokesman who's from Liberty University. I think her voice even went down like that when she said it. And the Liberty University was founded by televangelists so that your Christian children will be corrupted by actual higher education. And now that's the spokesman for the Justice Department, she said. <laughs> She's concerned about the spokesman. The spokesman. She says spokesperson, but there's really not a word. And there's no spokeswoman either. It's spokesman, which is generic term, meaning all the it's people kind. <laughs> exactly. People kind. Uh the spokesman of the Justice Department scares Rachel Madcow because the spokesman was a graduate at Liberty University where they hide your children from real institutions. <laughs> the scariest thing for liberals scariest thing for liberals is a parent that chooses a different path of educating their kids that's why they're so against school choice they're, they're so radically against you having choice in a lot of things including your education charter schools scare liberals private schools scare liberals if they had their way they would ban them I promise you liberals think that people educated at Liberty are poor, uneducated, and easily to command. Easy to command. I know kids at Liberty University. I know graduates at Liberty University. I know Liberty University. Liberty University is a phenomenal higher education facility. And yes, it is rooted in a Judeo-Christian heritage and even more so a philosophy. It's the same philosophy, by the way, that founded our country. Shock you. Same philosophy that founded the country is the same philosophy being taught at Liberty University. What a crying shame. Um, and that bugs the liberals, too. You know, by the way, Liberty University is far from a closed-door facility of conservative thought. Liberal Univer- or Liberty University actually is about liberty. No, I kid you not. It's more open-minded. Jimmy Carter came there. Bernie Sanders came and spoke there. Many on the left have been at their convocations and their uh, and their events. Can you say that of the government-run indoctrination centers we call public universities? Uh, uh, how about Berkeley? Yeah. Case in point. The Judeo-Christian philosophy scares the left greatly. Rachel Madcow can't stand it. Of course, her show and the station she's on is a radical propaganda machine that is not a real media outlet. Just like she thinks Liberty University is a real university of higher education. And by the way, wouldn't you rather have your kid better off in a private Christian university that affirms the teachings of Jesus Christ than a government-run indoctrination university that affirms the teachings of Karl Marx? I'm, I'm just saying, give me the comparison. And by the way, the kids coming out of the Karl Marx University versus the kids coming out of Liberty, are they better for our culture and our society and our country? Which ones are? Which ones killed 90 million people? Which, which uh, philosophy is the result of deaths of millions of, 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 of people? Chow? Lenin? 
Stalin. Oh, yeah. The real threat, Rachel Madcal, is Liberty University. <laughs> Man, the left has lost their mind. The left is so bad, they can't even break, embrace the Judeo-Christian heritage. Anymore. It must drive them crazy to walk through Washington, D.C. They want to sandblast everything out there because Washington, D.C. is loaded to references to the Christian God. Go to the Washington Monument. Praise to God is at the top of it. Gosh, I must drive Rachel Madcow crazy. And by the way, I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't mind liberals going crazy over that. The problem with me and liberals is that they want to change the distinct American culture. They want to change the very foundation of our country. They want to change the ideas that brought us this great experiment we call the United States of America built on liberty. That's my problem with them. New license plate. By the way, currently there's 200 different license plates in Virginia. 200. I guess we need 400. That's one thing I just don't understand. Is it Are people who buy, and I don't mind the buying of a license plate, but I would never do it. What is it, $10? I, you know, it's $10 to do that. There's a, there's a movement by a new um, House of Delegates member, uh, John McGuire, who wants to... Um, wants to point out teachers because you see teachers are pure as a wind-driven snow and Virginia loves teachers should be a new license plate it's a shout out to educators is there anyone not shouting out to educators is there anyone out there going teachers suck I don't like to this has become the same thing with puppies Republicans hate puppies they'll kick puppies nobody doesn't like nobody hates puppies nobody dislikes teachers it's like the one edu- it's the one role it's the one profession you can have that is above reproach they don't need a license plate everybody loves teachers they're pure they're perfect they educate our children because you see it's about the children until you talk about their pay then it's all about their pay and their and their and their and their big um pension somebody's going to pay for all this <laughs> exactly so now there's that license plate. This delegate says, I think about our teachers, and they do, do a lot to prepare for our young people for life. I think that teachers deserve a shout-out, and it's a step in the right direction for a better supporting of our teachers to have a license plate that reads, Virginia loves teachers. I feel better, don't you? Louisa County Public Schools designed the school bus yellow license plate with an Apple ruler. That's a little outdated, isn't it? Apples and rulers. Do they actually teach anymore? The teachers get apples, and is there a ruler in the day? I thought that thing was was... Now computerized. Virginia loves teachers. Special way to highlight educators and what they do for Virginia students. Now, 450 people have to commit to buying the plate. It's about $10 a pop. So there's about 100 people are pre-registered. And the deadline, by the way, is January 8th. So you have a very short window here. I think we need license plates for all kinds of people. Policemen, firemen, pilots, garbage men. Pastors, mentors, dogs, and and finally, but not least, a license plate for the Lee brothers. Ooh. Ooh. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. The Lee brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. I find it hard to say the things I want to say the most. Find a little bit of steady as I get close. Find a balance in the middle of the chaos. Send me love, send me high, send me never, demi The last show of 2018.
The Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, where you're here for the final show of the year. We'll be back next year. <laughs> oh, I think it's so fun to say. By the way, Richard is in the hospital. He'll, uh, he's coming out today and uh, missed the radio program today, so we cover your prayers. All right, coming up, the, uh, the caller of the year. I want to play that for you, get your, get your take on that, what that was, uh, how, if he speaks for everyone. That's kind of the reason we picked him out, because I think this caller really speaks to, to how people feel. You know, 2018 was loaded with political. It was a massive political year. Of course, every year seems to be that way now. And of course, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have an election every year, so that's always political. But I noticed something about this year. The, the left, when they get mad and sensed, they lose control. And the first thing they lose control of is their mouth. They become very vulgar and speak uh, in ways that... Um, you know, you wouldn't want your mother to hear or your, you know, or women in general. But that's changed. A culture, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. I forgot what decade we're in here. It's perfectly fine to use the F word in front of women now. I forgot about that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, the greatest example of this is Beto O'Rourke on his uh, losing speech after the election. This amazing campaign of people, not a dime from a single pack, all people all the time in every single part of Texas. All of you showing the country how you do this. I'm so proud of you guys. And for the left, it's a cheer line, you see. As soon as you say it, the crowd erupts even more. Now, you think, Scott, that's just one example. No, it's, it's not one example. This was on national TV, unbelieved, never apologized for it, embraced it, and his crowd loved it. You have the Emma Gonzalez at uh, a, a gun rally talking the same way. It's just cheaper to take away the guns that don't, exactly. that it, are imperative. It costs billions to of dollars living in America. Yeah, like you don't need an AR-15 to protect yourself in bed from a robber at night. You don't need an AR-15 to have. Uh, by the way, fear the people who say you don't need things. Fear the people who want government to take things away that you don't need because they're the arbitrators of what you need. Fear them. Continue on, please fun at a shooting range go join the army if you want to have fun shooting off a weapon and serve your country excuse nice so there's the other f-bomb dropped by uh, emma gonzalez who was the big pro gun or anti-gun uh child but the best example of this in 2018 happened i think it was in february or march it's the girl on the bike giving trump's motorcade the middle finger and maybe you don't remember this. She appeared on Megyn Kelly. She was on, I think, the Ellen DeGeneres show. This woman became a hero to the left. It is an example of our cultural decline. It's an example of this, this rot gut that the country seems to have about morals and right and wrong. You see, Trump's so bad and so evil that my disrespect and evil and wrong is nothing in comparison. I can cuss out the president of the United States because he's so bad. And then you can cheer it. Here's what I'm referring to. Because Julie Briskman decided on a whim to give the bird to President Trump's passing motorcade. <laughs> Another applause line. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> Briskman, Briskman was head of social media. I'm glad Megyn Kelly got fired. I mean, she got fired for a stupid reason, but still, she's, she's horrible. She laughed at it. She thought it was great. Here's the here's the interview with the the hero, the hero bike rider with the had the, the guts and the courage, Mark, 
the guts and the courage to raise her middle finger in front of America and not only show that she's an ignorant woman, but to brag about it. You have the IQ of a deck chair. Exactly. Thank you. And what inspired you in the moment to communicate with him in that manner? (laughs) Well, all my frustration about this administration just welled up inside me. Um, And I started thinking about all the things that I think are going wrong right now in our country. And that was the only way I had to give him the message that. Because email doesn't work. Phone calls don't work. The only way I could give a message is by flipping them off for all to see and then to come on national TV and brag about it. And by the way, as frustrated as I was with Obama, not one time did I ever think, if I could get on my bike and ride by the motorcade and flip off Obama, that would just be, well, it would show how cool I am. Yeah, exactly. Wanted to give him. <laughs> he didn't. You didn't like make eye contact, right? It wasn't like Not a with moment. him. No, I didn't see him. I made eye contact with a Secret Service person, and I made eye contact with another Listen gentleman to this. who was looking out the window. Yeah. The window was rolled down in that car. And and how did it feel? <laughs> it felt great. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I don't think anyone's asking that question before. Oh. That's I an like applause I got line. To tell him, hopefully, got to tell him how I really feel. Yeah. I'm sure he's heard about and it now. And that worked. And that worked. Yeah. Mm. You're such a hero. I'm sure your kids are proud of you. Your parents are proud of you. I mean, who wouldn't be proud of you for raising your hand in protest to an evil man and flipping him off? And we all know what the middle finger means. It's essentially the F-bomb. But you couldn't say it, so you wanted to show it. And in that way, you showed your true character. This is a pattern of the left. 2018 was loaded with this. To the fact that this woman got applause and made national news with never being condemned is an example, a sad one, of our cultural decline. Your phone call's next, 454-1366. 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Some are horrible people, horrible (laughs) human beings. Who cares? (laughs) Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. It made the news across the Commonwealth. An Augusta County woman is accused of killing six puppies. You see this? Unbelievable story. She actually uh, shot them and then threw them out on the side of the road. Six puppies. Now, I don't know what kind of person it is that kill six puppies but this made this made news all over the place people were talking about this like crazy and i am convinced that this is the worst crime ever okay you can kill you can kill people okay but you can't kill puppies you, you you're perfectly fine in fact the death penalty is a wrong thing the left hates the death penalty doesn't want the death this woman is getting the death penalty i'm telling you you can't kill puppies and by the way didn't God create these smaller things in life that are so precious that how could you? Big eyes, little bitty guy, you know, puppies are adorable. Babies are adorable. Eyes are bigger. I mean, there's something that inherently is in us to say that's wrong. But Betty Hemp, perfect name, Hemp, uh, 39 of Middlebrook out in Augusta County did in fact that. And the and the press is all, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how this is making its rounds. Somehow we... Have no problem with Planned Parenthood. But this is the crime of the century. All right, coming up, the caller of the year. The caller of the year on the Lee Brothers radio program is has probably spoke for you. We'll share it with you next in your phone calls. Check us out, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you to our page. 
for podcasts, for more information about us, and more. Phone calls next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. Just after 534, in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the home of Jefferson, Madison, Henry, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left. Sometimes my my far left is Richard Lee, who, darn it, isn't here. It does change the dynamics of the show. Miss him greatly. He's checking out of the hospital. Been there since Christmas Eve. So thank you for praying for him and the Lee family. And he will be back. And, uh, and 2019 will be a different year. Actually, we're working on some things. We're working on some things for the radio program for 2019. It'll be very, very good. I, I am uh, an optimistic person at, at, at heart. I believe 2019 is going to be a great year. Actually, 2018 started out very difficult for, for, uh, for us. And, and um, if you go back and look at, listen to that, I think it was the first show of 2018 or the second show, you'll, you'll hear that I was doing the show by myself because Richard was in the hospital. And there was a lot of things happening. You could hear it in my voice, it, but... 2019 will be a uh, will be a phenomenal year, and uh, I'm convinced of that, and and you should be too. All right, we went through the archives, and uh, by the way, phone lines are open four five four thirteen sixty six four five four thirteen sixty six. We um we get a lot of calls on the show throughout the year, and sometimes we can't get to them, and sometimes we don't get to them, and and we obviously uh, would like to take all the calls that we get and and put them on, and sometimes we get talking too much, and uh, but every once in a while, you know, we take a call. It's fun. This one we took, and I, I think the reason it made its way to the top here, and the reason I'm going to share it with you, is because he, he's so impassioned about the country, the direction, and he's not a Democrat, and he's not a Republican, but he makes a good point. Here it is. I'm nearly 60 years old. I voted for Trump. I definitely didn't want Hillary Clinton in there. I have never really considered myself a very political person. Um, I don't consider myself a Democrat or a Republican. And to me, why is it that these people are voting into Congress, and I'm going to name several names like Feinstein, Pelosi, I'm going to name both sides, McDonald from Kentucky, Hatch, which is getting ready to retire, Paul Ryan. He has Grassley? Longest- that guy's 93 and a half. And Grassley, and on and on we could go. And these people stay there forever. It's absurd. And they make these huge decisions that, are, that are, uh, impact the everyday American, the working person. Meanwhile, they've got a congressional dining hall and a gym and a doctor on staff, the best health care in the world. When are we, as Americans, going to take this country back from these people? I think he speaks for a lot, a lot of you. I think he he spoke clearly uh, in favor of our Lee brothers agree with that. It is frustrating to see the ideals 
of limited government and federalism that Madison put in place just destroyed. It's, it's, it's horrible to look to this far-off land, and I say this all the time, but this place surrounded by a beltway. We call it Washington, D.C., and it is literally full of kings and queens that treat you and me like serfs and peasants. This caller has had it. So I'm sick of it. These people have pensions forever. They don't care about balancing the budget. They don't care about anything but themselves. And they pass laws that impact you and me and not them. Obamacare was a great example of a complete government debauchery takeover of health care. And they have their own. They have their own cars. They have their own parking passes. They are literally taught to act like kings and queens. And then we treat them like kings and queens. When the reality is Madison and Hamilton and even John Jay had them in very low regard because they could only do certain things that were enumerated by the Constitution. Now they do everything. The federal government is the largest employer, loan guarantor. They are in charge of your light bulbs in your house, the water you flush down their toilet. All from Washington, D.C. This caller is exactly right. When are we going to stop putting up with this? It's ridiculous the amount of impact the federal government has on the lives of those here in the capital of the Commonwealth. Do you even, when's the last time you spoke to your congressman? I mean, most people don't, they can't. They have no idea who he or she is. In this case, it's she in District 7. Boo. It's another story. And the reason is, is because they're just too big and powerful and they're kings and queens and they don't want to talk to you. But Madison and Hamilton and John Jay thought, it doesn't matter. They're so limited in what they can do, it's really not that big a deal. What you ought to be concerned about is what Jefferson said. The best government's the one that's closest to you. You ought to know who your House of Delegates member is here in Virginia. Your state senator, you, know, you should know who they are. This is the model of federalism. This is the model of Madison. The model we're currently living under has nothing to do with the founding fathers or the founding principles. Nothing. No wonder it's frustrating. Because we should not be regulated with the light bulbs we put in our house by the water that we can flush in our toilets, the amount that is, what we can put on our own property from the federal government. This is out of the jurisdiction of the federal government, is not enumerated in their powers, yet that's what they do. This caller was neither Democrat or Republican. He just looks at him and goes, this ain't right. And no kidding, because we would be better governed by the first 435 names in the phone book than these guys. Because my bet is the first 435 names in the phone book, which all have the last name starting with A, if there is a phone book anymore. Is there even a phone book anymore? There's a, there's a, there's a yellow pages still too? Oh, anyway, um, the, uh, we would be better government because they balance their own checkbooks at home. They live conservatively. Most Americans live very conservatively and know how to do these things. I trust them. It's almost as if 
it would be better run if we had what Richard and I have dubbed the jury duty system. Where you walk up to your mailbox, you open it up, and here, pull out the envelope, open it, and go, crap, i got to be congressman this month. That would be a better deal. Could you imagine the system if that was the way it was? Now, Madison's system's great. The Republic, the whole thing, it's perfect. But, I mean, we botched that. Let's go to the jury duty, what do you say? Who, who wants to join me on the jury duty congressman idea? Especially senators. The senator jury duty system, you walk the envelope, open it up, and you go, crap, i got to be senator for six months. Under the congressional jury duty system, you walk up, open the mailbox, pull out your jury duty, and you say, crap, i got to be a congressman for a month. How different would things be? That'd be unbelievable. Well, that's true. The, the, the puppy killer would probably be congressman at some point. But, you know, you could, you could rule them out. You know, jury duty, you, you, go, you filter people through. It's not like anybody. So under the, under the Scott Lee program, of, of, of the jury duty system for the United States of America, there'd be a filter, you see. And if you didn't want to be the congressman, you could really raise your hand and go, I object, I don't want to be. And then maybe your neighbor could pick up the mantle and carry it forward. And then, of course, we'd have to set up the employer system where the employers would allow you to take the month off to go to this place called Washington, D.C. That's a cesspool of, of destruction, hoping your mind isn't corrupted so they hire you when you get back. Or continue to hold your job for 30 days. But imagine when you get there, if it were a true jury duty system, and you get there and you go, why in the world are we doing this? Guys, we're only here for 30 days. Come in real quick. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut taxes. We're going to cut spending because no one cares about this, this uh, little little fish in a river that only is, you know. So, so we're done with that. We're going to return everything to the states. Let's go home. Oh, that was easy. Super. Oh, by the way, we need a longer meeting next uh, tomorrow because that's probably about the real role of government, and that's the wall on the southern border. That is the role of government. Let's get this done and go home. By the way, the real solution is not jury duty. It's a good one. The, the, the jury duty system of a congressman and a, and a U.S. senator is a good one. And if you're in favor of implementing it, it's a Lee Brothers idea. You can't steal it. That's not the solution, is it? No. The solution is to call in the National Guard, roll through D.C., and grab them all and arrest them and start over. <laughs> That's one option. The solution to this is really a return to uh, statesmen. We've probably got too far for that. The statesmen don't exist anymore. They really don't. Most people want to run for Congress are people with egos so big that they can't wait to get there and, and use their ego. Term limits may be the only answer to this. Oh, I can hear the critics now. Even inside the own conservative philosophy that term limits aren't the answer. It might be. I want to try it. Just for a short time, let's let the pendulum swing for once from left to right towards freedom. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. More clips from 2018 I'll share with you that are mind-blowing. That's next. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. It's not a mega hat. It'd be a make radio great again. MRA hat, making radio great again. Lee Brothers, outside the capital of the Commonwealth. Just me, Scott Lee, sitting here. Richard Lee's getting out of the hospital. Appreciate your prayers and concerns for him. So um, Virginia is getting a uh, revenue increase. Did you see this? Of $1.2 billion. Billion, with a B. $1.2 billion. The Commonwealth of Virginia is getting a revenue increase due to the federal tax law changes. Put in by Trump. So we have the current budget. It's all 
dotted up, and all of a sudden we get this $1.2 billion laying in the laps of uh, our legislators. So Governor Northam goes, cool, I'm going to spend $2.1 billion more. <laughs> That's great. No, 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 I, could, I know what to do with this money. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend that and an additional. Oh, I feel million. important now. Exactly. So $2.1 billion is what he wants. We got a windfall of um, $1.2 billion. So uh, the question was asked in a recent poll of those here in the Commonwealth. Do you feel Virginia should, one, use the additional money to expand funding for current state programs, legitimate, or return the money to 2.8 million Virginia taxpayers by doubling the state's standard deduction for individuals and couples? In other words, lower taxes. Guess which one Virginia picked? Return the money to the taxpayer. Ding, ding, ding. Really? Are you shocked by that as much as I am? Absolutely. Shocked by it. Because here's the breakdown. Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia said the same thing. 32% of those in Northern Virginia said, spend it, baby. Put it back in the state. Spend it on. The remaining 55% said, return it. 13% aren't sure. Which, who are those people? Not sure? It's a simple question. There's only two options. They were texting, right. They got distracted. How could you not be sure? There's only two options. The government is either going to take this money and spend it how they see fit, or they're going to give it back to you. And you're not sure? There's not a third option. There's not a not sure option. Either you're going to get it back, or the government's going to spend it. Northam knows what he's going to do. You think think the Democrat governor, Ralph Northam, ever thought, you know what? Let's give it back. No. No Democrat ever has said, Hey, I got an idea. Let's cut taxes for those here in Virginia. Nope. 13% not sure. Northern Virginia, 55% of those in Northern Virginia think they ought to get a tax cut. Wow. The overall state, not the breakdown, the state, 59% of people said return the money to the taxpayer. 28 said spend. Another 13% said I don't have a clue because I can barely fog a mirror, let alone decide an answer to two simple questions. Unbelievable. You know, I've never understood why this was complicated. Why would you ever? A surplus, by definition, is an overtaxation, which means it ought to come back to those who pay taxes. But it's just like any government. Once we have the money, not yours anymore. I'm just saying, it's not yours anymore. It's ours now. And we're going to do with it as we see fit, unless you say something. But this Mason-Dixon poll says that you want to keep it. I'm proud of you. I just want to go on record. Scott Lee is proud of those here in Virginia. You don't know how to vote, but you certainly know what you want. That's for sure. Which doesn't make any sense. You would think voting would indicate what you want, but instead you voted for Ralph Northam for governor, who is now going to take your $1.2 billion uh, additional windfall for the state and spend it with a smile on his face because he knows how to spend your money better than you. You poor serf, you peasant. If only you were smarter. But you're not. You're just a small little surf. And pe- Meanwhile, we have a king sitting in the capital of Richmond who knows so much more than you. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad these guys know more than you? We are giving away in the tax code about $1.3 trillion a year. Yeah, that's what Tim Kaine thinks. Giving away in the tax code. Who talks that way? 
What what government other than a government bureaucrat who talks that way? Giving away in the tax code. Those are people legitimately paying their taxes with the existing law. And Kane calls it a loophole, and we're giving away money. No, Kane, people are keeping it. Ralph Northam needs to hear from us. In fact, call him up, Mark. Let's get him on the show. I want to talk to him right this second. All right. So Democrats obviously would spend your money. And in 2018, they were convinced that the Republicans are evil. There's a clip, kind of a montage of Democrats this year in 2018. We played this probably three, about halfway throughout the year. Uh, and here's what they have to say. This president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. As the biggest terror <laughs> threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized wow. right to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. Trump has delivered on the things that they care about most. He has delivered racism for these people. He has delivered <laughs> misogyny for these people. The same type of That's what people voted rhetoric, for, the same type of propaganda that you would have seen in Germany in 1938, the dehumanization, turning people into infested vermin. Look, the young people in this country are not with this sort of evil, nasty authoritarianism. Evil, evil authoritarianism. That's Howard Dean, by the way, the screamer. Evil authoritarianism. I guess that just trumps it. Oh, what's a bad word to choose? I guess, <laughs> exactly. There he is. There's Howard Dean. If you get pick your opponent out to be an evil authoritarian, what else is there? The Democrats have lost their minds. To be an authoritarian, by the way, you need a big government. Trump's making government smaller. It doesn't work. Republicans have to call this out because their souls are on the line. Yeah. So he heads a giant cult. He also heads a party that knows very well that he's a giant cult. Of his erratic behavior, his ignorance could pose a profound danger to every single person in this country and literally every inhabitant of the planet Earth. President's obviously a racist. He's obviously a demagogue. He obviously condones anti-Semitism, stokes up nationalist hatred, all the stuff we've said. That's propaganda. Yes, it is. It's propaganda. That's your media. Do you ever remember when Obama was president, the Republicans speaking this way, that he's evil? That he's, I mean, we said he's authoritarian, but the government was getting bigger and more powerful, and he used it for that reason. He used the IRS as a political attack machine. It's different. Trump is making everything smaller, giving more you more freedom, and how can that be authoritarian? 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. The stupidity. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Oh, darn. Richard's not here. Miss you, bro. Uh, it's some kind of, I guess he'd have a pizza wrap because he's probably starving about now. He's out of the hospital. He'll be here next week. Actually, he'll be here next year. And we will see you next year. Where would it be a phenomenal year? Stay positive. Be encouraged. Because we live in the greatest country on the planet Earth. And God put you here for a reason. Remember that. 2019 is going to be a great year. Stay tuned for Cut to the Chase with Senator Amanda Chase. We will see you in 2019. Thanks for listening to Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. 
And God bless the United States of America.